Last time, Wyatt Larson and I talked about storytelling, how to use it as a tool in healing, how a practitioner uses it, and how the client uses it. This week, we're going to continue along the storytelling thread, and we're going to bring in my friend Crystal Rose. Her website is crystalarttherapy.com. She works with crystals, tunes into the energy. She also does art. She draws her spirit guides, and she is transgender. This is her story. I do want to tell you there's some trigger warnings in here for content, abuse, assault, but there's also hope. Thanks. Welcome to Blue Lightning Healing Meditations. My name is Susie Parker Goins. I'm a channel, so I bring forward your guides so you can connect more easily with them, allowing you to have soul deep conversations with them whenever you want. I'm also an energy healer, past life explorer, a teacher. My goal is to empower you by teaching you these techniques that you can use on your own. We work together to find and identify the blockages to your growth and release them, inviting you to explore your possibilities. I'm available for phone and virtual sessions, and with Washington opening up, I'll be at many of the in-person events. The best way to contact me is Susie, that's S-U-S-Y, Susie at BlueLightningHealing.com. Visit BlueLightningHealing.com for up-to-date information. Blessings. You out of place? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Grab that petrified wood. <laughs> Got it right here. Yeah, I know. Yes, I do need to ground. I do need to ground. Yeah. Okay. Okay, cool. Welcome to Blue Lightning Healing Meditations. My name is Susie Parker Goins, and this is my podcast where I get to talk to amazing people and pull in all of these topics to help people on their healing journey. And my guest today is a lovely woman I met online through, um, she's one of my pandemic friends now, pandemic pals, but um, Crystal Rose is, uh, she's going to talk to us today about gender identity and, and her journey. So welcome, Crystal, please let us know Thank you. about you first. And, and My name is Crystal Rose. I recently changed my name and that is my chosen name. I am trans and identify as queer as well. I am an empath, a healer, a witch. I have a business called Crystal Art Therapy that you can find on Facebook. You can also go to crystalarttherapy.com. The easiest way to access me is actually through my Facebook, but you can still submit a form in the email on my website. And you can also hit, hit up my Facebook business page, which is Crystal Art Therapy too. I offer three services currently. I will expand upon that and will likely be raising my prices soon. Um, I have so much fun doing my readings. My readings are $33.33. Those are Oracle card readings. I also offer crystal healing sessions, which are a flat rate of $111.11. Got the angel numbers and number codes going on. Um, and those are completely customized. We go through, we dissect your energy field, we, dis we go into your chakras, your aura, your meridians. We really dive deep and so that every person has a personalized plan 
for their crystal healing session. I do not charge by time at this point in my career. I do not charge by time. I charge flat rates. So the other flat rate cost I have for my service, my last service is $77.77. And those are my spirit art commissions, which is where I interpret the energy of one of your spirit guides into the form of art and produce a portrait. I did, I had the lovely opportunity of doing one for Susie. I was just going to say that. How much <laughs> I love my dragon. Prospero. Yes. yes. Thank you. You're so welcome. I loved, I loved, I loved doing that. That was so much fun. We exchanged services. And so she did a past life reading for me and I did a spirit art commission for her. And it was so much fun. We talked for like two and a half hours, I think. <laughs> like it was, it was a good time. Yeah. So um, crystal art. Your your crystal healing sessions, are you able to do those online now or are they in person? Yes, where, where you... I do online and local. I've not had a, any local clients beyond readings yet okay. or, or spirit art commissions. Well, no, I have not. No, that's not true. I've not done a spirit art commission for someone locally yet, but I do both. I do this via distance and local. So you can hit me up for any of my services. We, we, I use either Facebook Messenger video or Zoom. The great thing about Zoom, well, one thing is that I paid for it. Um, <laughs> so I want to get my, I want to get my money's worth, but I invested in that. And so I would love to use that because I can also record any readings and any set crystal healing sessions. And so that energy and that reading or that session or that commission in the process of that co-creation that's involved because it is a co-creative process will be available to you if you want it to be and that's like at no cost that's just i just do that for free and so it's actually funny because most people are like oh well i'll just use messenger it's easier but it was the person that i've read for that wanted to do a recording so i have that now so at the top you said you were trans and queer mm -hmm. i want to clarify i mean me being cis and hetero and all that stuff whether it whatever that mm -hmm. means i don't feel comfortable using that word because so much time in in my history it's been used as an insult the history around okay, the word so, queer for those who use the word what's what does it mean and what's reasonable use of it queer has been actually accepted for a while now it was reclaimed and is even used academically it is an umbrella term for all of those that are not cisgender or heterosexual. And okay. so non-binary, trans, gender fluid, agender, bigender, all of that, which mostly kind of goes under the, um, in a lot of ways, um, a lot, and a lot of people who used to identify as bigender or agender, they still might, that's, that's valid, but it kind of falls under the non-binary umbrella which falls under the trans umbrella, which falls under the queer umbrella. There is a little bit of nuances there and I understand how that can be confusing for those that aren't queer and that have not had a lot of queer people in their lives, either through friends or family, loved ones. And so I'm excited for all of those that are listening to this and are actively learning. I hope you learned something from this. And then, so yes, queer used to be a slur, but it was reclaimed I don't want to say similarly to the N-word, but kind of. And so it's, it's the culture that it is a slur against has reclaimed that and used right. that. And, but the thing about that is you can also use the word queer. 
that's where that differs. That's where that differs greatly. You can also use the word queer. You are free to use that. It's obvious that you could still use that as a slur if you wanted to, but if you wanted to use it properly, you could, and there would be nothing wrong with doing so. And I still have my history with the word that, yeah, I'm, I'm not worried about it. That's fair. <laughs> That's you know. fair. I understand. It used to, it used to be a slur. So I understand the, I understand the confusion there. It was years ago, but I had used it in reference to somebody who would actually use the word in reference to themselves. But then yes. the lesbian people I were around, I was around, they did not like that use of the word. So I'm just like, you know what? I'm okay with it. There are a lot of other words out there. There are some older people in the queer community that kind of feel that way. And notice yeah. I use that so casually. I said queer community because that's right. what it is. LGBTQ+. Yeah. That is what the Q is for. And um, it's, it's that. Sometimes it's questioning. One thing I will say is that a lot of people say the A is for ally. It is not. No. Allies not. are allies, but it's, they are not included as, in, as part of the queer community. That would be for asexual. Right. And I understand so that. Are... I, I would think mm-hmm. that would be one of those privileged things like, no, I went elbowing your way into the, into the term LGBTQIA+. I'm like, yes. no, I'm not included in that. that <laughs> yeah. That's okay. Y'all have worked so hard to find a place where you're heard and seen and, uh, you know, loved and accepted. Because sometimes mm-hmm. it's hard within your own family to find that acceptance. I'm certainly not going to try and elbow my way and get a place at the table that's, you know, not my table. And that's okay. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah and, you know, and that's, that is the thing about, uh, I don't know if you had any questions about my experience with my family or not. My parents currently do not accept me. I am hoping that they will open their minds and change their hearts in time. I hope they will learn and grow with time. But I understand that now it is certainly an understatement to say it's an adjustment process. They do not want to call me Crystal, um, even though it's my chosen name. And I explained to them that it wasn't personal to them that I chose a different name. It's just that this name is in more alignment with who I am now. And so they don't support me, but they still love me. And that's not always the case. You know, a lot of trans people, especially trans people of color, aren't met with even that amount of conditional love. A lot of them don't even have that. I'm not saying that I'm grateful because really what I should have should be more than it is. But I am grateful that that my parents are still at least in my life and have not disowned me and do still love me, even if it's conditionally, because that's what they don't understand is that their love for me is not unconditional. They don't understand that. And I've tried to explain that to them many times and they don't grasp the concept. So I meet them where they're at and I love them for who they are. I've learned to have zero expectations. And I would say anyone who's questioning their gender identity or sexuality, that you can choose your own family. Yeah. You can create your own family. Choose that. Choose and create your family by heart, not blood. If you have blood relatives that are able to be a part of that, that is wonderful. But it's not always the case for us. So know that you will always have the community. You will always have a family, even if you don't. I would like to ask you about your journey, how what your story, mm-hmm. how it has unfolded for you. Well, 
I first, I've come out of three closets now. I joke that I come out of the broom's closet, uh, the broom closet, I mean, um, as a witch. That, I really kind of was a closet I had to come out of because of my parents and their being religious. You know, now it's cool. Now it's trendy. Now it's mainstream. It wasn't, it wasn't 10 years ago. If I was like, I'm a witch, people would be like, oh, devil worship. You know, like it's, it's different now. And I love that the collective consciousness is expanding and opening. I first came out as gay. I came out as a teenager. I came out very, very young, somewhere from 14 to 16. There's a lot of trauma there, so I can't remember the exact age, but it was around there. And I came out to my parents because there was a boy at school, which that's another thing that I'll say is that my first boyfriend was actually my last girlfriend. She is trans too. So that is interesting that we both ended up trans. Uh, She came out a lot sooner than I did. I came out because I had a boy at the time, a boy that I was interested in. He wanted me to be I guess he wanted me to be out. And so that's why I chose to tell my mom. So yeah, over a boy, I decided to make this huge life-changing decision to tell my parents and to come out. I honestly, it's sad because my mom was my best friend until I came out. And when I needed her most, she wasn't there for me. And she's kind of continued to hurt and disappoint me since. There's that, but I did tell her first. I told her on the way home from school, from high school. She seemed okay with it in the moment. I know she had to have known. She says that she didn't. There's no way because, and I'll explain this later when we go, we get to the trans aspect and to me coming out as trans. She had to have known. She had to have known that I was at least gay, but she claims that she didn't. And I think that's denial. I came out Shortly after that, she told me that I had to tell my father, so I did. He threw his hands over his face dramatically and was like, go away. I need time. I need space. And so I did. Shortly after that, he called me into his study and was violently pointing at the Bible and yelling at me while my mom sat in the corner crying, saying that she didn't want me to burn forever. So that was a very traumatic experience. I actually threw myself back into the closet with that, uh, or they they threw me back into the closet with that, I should say. And I tried to date a girl, which was hilarious. I tried to give her a kiss and I kissed her ear. Clearly not a ladies, not a man, not a ladies man either. I very much am interested in men, but the thing that I want to also explain is that gender identity and sexuality are separate. If I was interested in women, I would be a lesbian. Because I'm a woman. Yes. And then the same is true for a trans man that is interested in men. He would be gay. Those two things are separate. Biological sex and gender identity are two separate things. And this is both psychologically and sociologically true. I did try to date a girl. That did not work. She ended up being my best friend. And I came out to her. I came out to a number of close friends. And I began my life as part of this community at the time, a gay boy, then it was not until I moved away from home. I'm originally from North Texas. I live in Eastern Kentucky now. I moved up here for love. I was with my partner for six years. We broke up at the beginning of the year. That was a mutual decision, but still difficult and heartbreaking. And it was largely due in part to my being trans. And he feels that he he doesn't like this narrative because he feels it's transphobic, but it's really not because he saw me 
I was seen and heard and loved and supported as a woman by him. He respected me and valued me as the woman that I am. And it's because of that, that he was able to say, you know, honey, I'm a gay man. We both deserve to have a man that loves us for who we are. And I agreed with him. And so it was very difficult to let go of that love because yeah, it it was. I had love for him a long time after that. It's taken me a long time to grieve and mourn and move on. I've thankfully been able to mostly do that. And so I'm proud of myself and I'm more capable than I ever realized. It's in this process that I also told my parents about my being trans and well, I ended up being hospitalized for depression and suicidal ideation um, shortly after coming out to my mom because of the way that she reacted. That was the second time I've ever been hospitalized for psychiatric need. It was terrible because I tried to tell them my name was Crystal and that I was trans. In fact, my partner at the time had to file a report because the first person I spoke to while there showed me to my room I told them I was trans and that I either needed my own room or to be placed with another woman. And she was like, well, we're not going to put a man with a woman. We're just not. And she consistently persisted with that conversation, with that point in her conversation. And she kept saying that. And she also, I can't say that she said it in words because she didn't, but it was heavily implied that she felt that I was a man masquerading as a woman to invade women-only spaces. And that is obviously not the case. I actually found they had um, your legal rights in the in the facility, and I found it, it had gender identity. It had just probably recently been updated because this was 2019 at the time. It had probably only recently been updated because thankfully this is an issue that is finally being talked about and has some visibility. I knew that I was within my rights to report her and I did. And I did not see her again. Editing Susie here. At this point, Crystal told a story about how her then partner stood up for her to this particular nurse who was disrespectful. And now we'll lead into Crystal's response. I, I loved him for that. I still love him for that. That was too funny. Yeah, we're still we're still very close. We're roommates now. He has his own room and his own space. And I continue to help him with his elderly mother that, with dementia and his disabled sister. We have a happy home and I have that safety and security, which is good because when I told my parents that I was breaking up, I was going to go home and live with my parents. I was going to live with them while building my business. They told me they would pay my bills and help me during that time. So I was so grateful. They said, you know, we love you. We miss you. We want you to come home. That was the plan. We had even had the plan that my dad was going to come up here. They were going to spend a few days to see the sites, meet the people that I love and care about because they've never been up here in my six years that I've been here. My dad was going to rent a U-Haul. We were going to pack all of my stuff, all the boxes and furniture and crystals and books, which is a lot. Then my mom and I were going to follow behind in my little blue car with my little familiar magic. And we didn't have a a date set, but we had the plan. And to make a very long story short, because that would be a whole other podcast, (laughs) my parents told me that I would be required to put, or I would be, excuse me, that I would need to put my witchy stuff into a storage unit separately outside of the house. And required to dress as a man so I know that I'm not safe there they have since said that they are willing to help me move even if I don't live with them 
and I appreciate that. I will probably use that if I do decide to move, which is kind of the plan to move back to Texas, but I'll be with a friend. I'll be getting a place with a friend in that situation. I know that I kind of went off on a little tangent there. Did you have any specific questions? Did that kind of answer your question? Well, first, I want to thank you for being so open and vulnerable in this space. Of course. Because I'm grateful that you're trusting me with your information and hopefully there'll be so many others who listen and and are grateful for this vulnerability. I can't imagine what such deep-seated familial rejection can be. See, my Mm -hmm. mom died when I was 13, so I've missed all that. My dad didn't accept me based on my body type. There were times I think he finally figured out. I think it was when I was 16 and he sent me off to see a doctor and the primary focus was about my weight and it was a pediatrician and the doctor's looking at me like, why are you here? It's like, my dad sent me. She said, well, he's concerned about your weight. And I went back and, and, and yelled at him, told him how mortified I was that this was thrown at me. That really, I can just imagine it shook him up. And and I mm-hmm. was grateful that it that I felt I I don't like feeling that incensed that angry before I bring something up but that's been so many years so I feel like I can try and undercut that so I it's vulnerability that allows us to find those places in our hearts and our souls that we can look and and shine a light on those that we golly the last few months have been centered on shadow work and how important mm-hmm. it is. And I can see that being this vulnerable hopefully will allow someone else to be this vulnerable and and to find help however it comes to them. Well, so you say you're a witch, totally good with that Mm -hmm. because yeah, well, hello. And then the crystals, (laughs) has your healing practice evolved as a result of what you need? Yes. Yes. Crystal art therapy was founded in 2012, actually, and I was doing very well with it. Editing Susie here. Trigger warning. This is when we start to talk about crystal sexual assault. If you want, you can skip to 2240 to bypass this section. But I was raped. And that experience derailed both my business and my spiritual. I was having a second spiritual awakening. And I was really I was really in the zone there, like the likes of which I've not felt until really now, to be honest, recently, just recently, have I felt back in that same space, which is funny because like, I'm kind of a lazy witch. So I'm not <laughs> you as, and me both. <laughs> yes, I'm not as, I don't practice as like heavily as I did back then, but I still have reached that level of spiritual connection that I attained at that time. So it took healing from that to I don't mean to throw my mom under the bus or anything, but what happened after I was raped was I was being very mean to her. I think it was just a trauma response and she would fight with me and we would fight and get into it and argue. And one night I was in the kitchen making some food up too late. I'm nocturnal though. So that's normal for me. She came in there and was like, what are you doing? You know, you need to go to bed. And I snapped on her and she, instead of fighting back like she had been like two weeks before since that had happened she just looked at me and said why are you being so mean to me and I just broke down and cried and I told her what happened to me I was a mess and so she was like go to bed get some rest we'll talk more about it tomorrow 
I felt very reassured and loved and supported. And she has kind of apologized for this since then. But the next day I told her more. And as soon as she learned that alcohol was involved, she said it was my fault. For years, I just painted that to be a bad sexual experience and not the rape that it was. And it wasn't until I was in a relationship with my ex-partner that he was trying to be a little kinky. He put me in the floor and that's what did it. That was what triggered me because that's what he had done to me. First of all, I had to explain why I was triggered and was suddenly traumatized in that moment. And in that moment, in telling him the truth, it was kind of the first time I was honest with myself about what had happened. And so it wasn't until I healed from that that I was finally able to reopen and relaunch crystal art therapy. So that was a huge blockage that was there. I guess what I would say is that being trans and going through this journey of uh, first socially transitioning since I have not medically transitioned. Just to let the listeners know, I was told by my endocrinologist that I could not medically transition due to my genetics and a high risk for heart attack, disease, failure, or stroke. I've since learned from trans friends that it was very irresponsible and inappropriate of her to have said that to me without running any tests. I will be getting a second opinion soon, planning on medically transitioning. I do experience gender dysphoria and body dysmorphia. They often go hand in hand. Anyone can experience body dysmorphia, but trans people or non-binary people are those that experience what's called gender dysphoria. Yeah. I actually channeled for a client recently She has a trans daughter. She wanted crystals to help her love her body more and accept her body more and understand her body more. And actually channeled that a powerful combination would be rose quartz and aquamarine. With the option of adding a third white stone, it is white in color. So selenite, clear quartz to amplify the energies, to bring in the white light. The rose quartz is, well, the uh, aquamarine, I should say first, is for emotionally flushing the system of any negativity. And then that rose court fills that with love and light. I was like, this is cool because this is something that I can use. I experienced gender dysphoria too. So I'm on the lookout for the perfectly sized because I want them to be of the same size. It was important. My guides told me it was important that the stones be of the same size for the palms, the rose quartz and the aquamarine. Ah. Um, It's like a sensory motor situation that was what I was told so I'm on the lookout for some palm stones now but that's that is the way (sighs) this petrified wood I have you know this petrified wood I told you about it when we did our exchange of services and we even intuited and figured out a few things about her the the spirit guide connected to this petrified wood is an ancient fae some of the first who have walked this earth Her name is Genera, which I love because it makes me think of generational healing and generating growth. I got this just before that experience with my parents. It came in the mail just before that. And it had waited for me too. It had been being sold for months and no one snatched it. And I was like, well, I'm going to get it. Oh, I'll get it next time. I'll get it next time. I finally was like, okay, it's still not sold. It must be meant for me. And I bought it. I have used this petrified wood for access to Akashic Records. I have used it for grounding. I have used it to generate growth and transformation in my life. And these are all things that I would have never done if I'd not been trans and not had come out as trans and 
there's socially transitioning and there's medically transitioning. Socially transitioning is when you change your gender expression. So that is clothes, jewelry, makeup, hair, shoes, all of that. If you're a trans woman, of course, it's different for a trans man. So um, it's, it's how you present in public? Yes, how you present publicly or how you, your aesthetic and your visual representation is referred to as gender expression. Okay. And that can differ from your gender identity and it differs also from biological sex. So there's actually a really helpful diagram called the gender bread man. Editing Susie here. It's the gender bread person. And that link is in the description box. It explains how biological sex differs from gender identity, which differs from gender expression. There's a fourth aspect. The gender bred person, so your gender identity, your sexual orientation, your gender expression, and your biological sex. Okay. Those are all on a spectrum of woman to man, feminine to masculine, female to male heterosexual to homosexual, bisexual, pansexuality being somewhere in the middle there. Really, these spectrums are more, than, they're not that linear, if that's easier for people to understand, a sliding scale of masculine to feminine, then I understand that, that to be used. I really have been through so much this year alone. It was a year ago that I was like, oh, I really want to start my business again, but I don't know what to do or how or when. And here I am now. I made it through a traumatic breakup. I had the traumatic experience with my parents because it was, that was, that was traumatic. Yeah. That was hurtful. Yeah. It was super hurtful. I am very surprised at the amazing headspace that I've been in. I do definitely recommend anyone that is trans or non-binary or gender non-conforming to have the guidance of at least a therapist yeah. and a psychiatrist if you have any problems with chemical imbalances. I do. I'm on a very good mix of meds right now. I'm thankful for what I have going on and I can contribute some of my headspace and positive attitude towards that. And so I'm thankful for that. Very grateful for that. I think it's important for queer people to have therapy because so many of us have experienced in one way or another, some kind of trauma around just being who we are. Right. One's sexuality is not based on trauma, but because- Can be influenced. Yeah. So there is so much, I, I have somebody very close to me who says, yeah, therapy is great. I think we all could use it. Mm -hmm. But I, I also want to emphasize that no one's alone in any journey. No, absolutely not. I want anyone to know that if they need a big sister, find me on Facebook. I am Crystal Rose. You can maybe find me through that. That's a new, my new name. I've just now had it. I've not tried to search myself. So I, I don't know how many other Crystal Roses are out there but she's the one with a beard. So yeah. you'll know that. Just add me as a friend and I would love to be there for you. Today I have my shirt that says, we the people means everyone with a rainbow flag mm -hmm. on it because I definitely call, see myself as an ally. The way I put it, and I've never had to really use this to anyone who would stand on the other side of the philosophical spectrum, but if, you know, believing in the divine and however that manifests, to think that it God or divine could fit in an itty bitty binary box is really mm -hmm. denying that spectrum of human experience, denying that immensity of variation, the colors and the expressions and all that. It's just denying how omnipotent divine is. Mm -hmm. And 
I'll create those scenarios in my head. Do you believe God knows everything? Well, yeah. Do you believe God sees everything? Well, yeah. Well, why can't he see this? Why does it have to be Mm -hmm. a he? Which tends to get a little confrontational in my head at the time. So I just need to move on. (laughs) As Ariana Grande says, God is a woman. And I like the idea that she's a black woman. Oh, yeah. Love that idea, that theory there. Because the culture behind that, I'm trying not to sound too white. And I don't know. That's good to be mindful of. Good to be mindful of. Oh my God. Yeah. But to have someone with that sort of experience, a black woman in charge of everything, she would get all kinds of stuff done, keep everybody in line, everybody fed. It's just amazing to me that that sort of experience is being denied, that someone says Mm -hmm. that's wrong. I don't agree with folks who say, your experience is wrong or sinful or whatever. And yeah, if you need a mom, Mm -hmm. anybody out there needs a mom, sure. I'll give you snacks. (laughs) You can just sit over there and do the internet. I will not bother you or I can give you hugs. So yeah, we're all allies here. Let me think, because you've talked about, it's an excruciating journey, Crystal. I am so- Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, I just wanted to keep more love on you and just say, I am so pleased (laughs) to have met you because we met what, about a year ago at one of the MeWe mm-hmm. event, and I saw you there, and this was before you had accepted your new name, your mm-hmm. correct name. And yes. so to see that amount of growth in such a, sh- frankly, it's a short amount of time if you look at it, because, you know, you did this it during really the pandemic. It really kind of is. It is. Yeah. You did it during a pandemic situation, too. And so that was the time mm-hmm. everybody's had an opportunity to look. You have really made tremendous progress. And I am so proud to have experienced a lot of your energy and your work. Thank you. Yep. I appreciate that. That means a lot to me. There was something I was going to share was a quote and a lyric by the famous drag queen Sasha Velour, oh. which is gender is a construct, tear it apart. You do not have to exist in the binary. If you are non-binary, you owe no one androgyny. If you are non-binary and you look very feminine because you either were born female or that's how you choose to express yourself, that is valid and vice versa. Do you have any, this is me cycling through, you've talked about your incredible experiences. Did we really cover the healing path? I mean, you've used crystals to help. I understand how you are using your experience to help others heal. And you're actually Mm -hmm. educating others who may be on the outskirts or at least on a periphery of someone having this, this. Well, I've had so many clients with queer children. that have said that I'm an inspiration to them because it's just, they're grateful to see that I'm okay and that things are only getting better. And so that they see a bright future for their children and they see me as someone that can help and guide them. That is an honor to me to be considered as such. I have a few little anecdotes that I can share while you're thinking about some more questions, maybe. Sure. I just want to be very, I'm a very obviously transparent person transparent soul, transparent spirit. My things that I wish to share, there's three. First one is that I was with my ex-partner. He used to, well, he still does love Applebee's. We went to Applebee's for the first time since we've been single. And since COVID happened, I was called sir. I was actually wearing what I'm wearing now, which for those that cannot see right now, it is a beautiful kimono. And I was wearing this kimono, all my jewelry, my ear cuffs, all of it that I've got on me right now, my Wonder Woman cuff bracelet, amount of crystal bracelets. One time my friend Christy said I was wearing half the earth on my wrists, (laughs) and she's not wrong. I was called sir. He noticed, and he noticed my reaction, and he said, does that hurt? 
And I was like, what do you mean? I knew what he meant. I asked anyway. And he said, when you're misgendered. I said, yeah. And I kind of wanted to cry, but I didn't because we were in the middle of Applebee's. That was a very sweet moment. He has had a very difficult time calling me Crystal. He still is so quick to use my old name, my dead name, as it's sometimes called. I don't consider it a dead name yet, but a lot of trans people do consider their old name a dead name. And it's very offensive to refer to them as, as that or to misgender them. There's that little anecdote. The other two that I have are my first experience with being a possible hate crime and my first experience shopping while trans. The first one, we had a local event, a pride prom. So it was like a queer prom, which I love because I was with my partner at the time. You know, I didn't get to go with a boy to prom. I had to be the date of a girl to get to go to prom, which I thank her and she's amazing. She's still a close friend of mine. She took me to both of her proms so that I could go to prom. And so I I thank her for that experience because it was so much fun. But no, I didn't get to go with a boy. And she shouldn't have had to do that for me, you know, just so that I could have that experience. Basically, we had Pride Prom. It was so much fun. It was organized by Pikeville Pride, which is here in Eastern Kentucky. We had so much fun. We all went out to eat at Denny's afterward. There was a group of men that I had noticed, but then had paid no attention to since that uh, or since then. And what Colt had overheard while me, Christy, and Rosa were high on life and just having a good time was that they wanted to kick my ass and beat me to death. Colt escorted me quietly to the car. Christy and Rosa didn't know the situation. Christy's like would have been gone into full mama bear mode and Rosa is an Asian lesbian so she carries a switchblade for her safety. Would have been probably a situation there had Colt told them that he had overheard what he did so he she just said at the time my name was, was I'll, I'll share it just because it's not a dead name for me was Trent or Trenton told them that Trent went to the car they were like okay whatever they didn't think much of it when he came with them after paying for our food he told everyone once we got in the car together what had happened and it was such a surreal experience because I knew and know that that is so likely for trans people to happen It's especially in rural areas, but it it was the first time it happened to me. It thankfully has not happened since, but I'm very careful and I don't normally leave the house alone. So I don't usually go out by myself. When I do, I'm usually just wearing a hoodie and maybe some leggings. It's kind of unisex in expression. So I don't really get too many looks or possible hate or discrimination or commentary. Here's one thing too, bathrooms. bathrooms are a big deal for trans people you know and of course there's the bathroom bills and there's all of that that's in the news it's like me I'm a bearded lady so it's like which bathroom do I go to when I'm with friends I'll go to the ladies room I'll go to the room that I identify with when I'm alone I'll go to the men's room because I don't want to get into it with a conservative woman over why I'm in her space but I put myself at risk every time I do that so I try to use neutral bathrooms when possible like family bathrooms Mm -hmm. When I am with my ex-partner, he's very butch. And so I feel very safe with him. So I'll use the men's room with him. But yeah, I don't really know which bathroom I'm supposed to use. And that is like something that people can't even, that aren't trans or non-binary can't even think of. They don't even, they wouldn't even think of that. And it's like, we just want to (laughs) pee. We literally just want to pee and go on our way. That's all we, we, that's all we need to do. That's it. 
for me going to the men's room is an act of rebellion because (laughs) well you know there's always nobody in the men's line there's always a tremendous line Mm -hmm. in the women's line and there was once the women's bathroom was just not emptying out was just not getting cleared out so i told the guy there was a couple of guys in line with me and i said you guys want to go because i really need to and i'm happy to go there and one guy went no no uh, no wait the woman was in the men's room because she just hit the first bathroom she could and so there was a line for the ladies room and i'm like dude do you want to go he's one no no that's a women's room it's like you pee who cares i am not exactly i'm not gonna judge you you gotta pee but okay fine well, like, but there have been other times i'm like that one's taken i'm going in here you're right it's all reduced to the to the concept of where are you gonna pee mm-hmm. and well it's all about the binary and it's all about yeah a weird fixation on others genitals yes i don't understand that i just had i have a few anecdotes to share i guess um, I just had added a friend that I met through Facebook dating and his name was, and I will name him. Um, his <laughs> name was Mordecai and he, I sent him, my friend Kim recently sent me a package, a care package that included an impact tool, an alarm system, pepper spray and a stun gun so that I could be safe as a trans woman, especially when when and if I'm ever alone or in the city or even around here, even around here in rural Eastern Kentucky, I have that for my protection now. And so I'm so grateful for that. So I do have that. And I recorded myself doing the little, little action. And I sent that on Snapchat and I had added him as a friend. So I sent that to him and he said, bro, what? And I was like, not a bro. Um, I'm trans and this is what my friend sent me because she wanted me to be safe as a trans woman. It's so funny because he put that he, a social cause he was passionate about was equal rights on his profile. Oh. And he identified as an empath. So he says this and I say, I won't tell you what he said because it was about genitals and it was graphic and I want to be mindful of those listening, but he referred to my genitals and what I was born with. And yes, he's absolutely right. But no, that does not mean I am a man. Right. Um, that does not make me any less of a woman. That was, that kind of fucked with me, to be honest. Yeah. Um, it really did. And like, so did that experience at Denny's. And so did this experience at Torrid. So I went to Torrid one day. This was the first time I ever went out in trans clothes. Because I had been buying trans clothes. I mean, I mean, female clothes um, as a trans person. So I had been buying in my boy clothes, women's clothing, but I had not yet worn it out. So I started with something very, not as flashy or flamboyant as what I'm wearing now or what I do wear now, but it was certainly women's clothing. And, and so it was just um, a shirt, some leggings and a denim jacket. I got so many compliments and I was feeling so good about the day and where things kind of started to go downhill was I was walking. My ex-partner Colt was at the Apple store. He told me to go ahead and meet him, meet up with him again. He was finished with his appointment. And so I started heading that way. There was a guy that walked past me and was like, oh, hell no, bro. And like looking at me 
he was on the phone so i was like i, I was like maybe he's talking to the person that's on the phone even though he looked at me head to toe i was like maybe he's just on the phone i get to torrid the first girl that helped me was lovely loved her she was super sweet reminded me of my best friend marissa was very thankful for her it wasn't her that was the problem it was another employee whose opinion i asked for when trying something on and i am an empath oh and that was the thing with mordecai i said empath my ass and i blocked him <laughs> and i know that because he really made a big deal about him being an empath so i know that pissed him off so that was satisfying but this woman because i am an empath and because honestly it didn't need an empath to, or a rocket scientist to figure this out she was judging me to get that from a plus-sized woman working at torrid i didn't expect that i expected to be met with welcome like i was at the with the first employee yeah really really messed with me there was a wonderful black woman and there's a meme that I shared not too long ago that's, that says share this or retweet this if you ever, because it was originally a tweet that was screenshotted, share this if you've ever had a black woman make you feel safe. There was this beautiful black woman, older black lady who had the most beautiful finger waves. And I say, I keep saying she's beautiful because she was, she was a beautiful soul and spirit. She told me that I was beautiful and that I should buy that. She was like, you're a beautiful baby. You need to buy that. And she was the like ray of hope in that situation. She made me feel seen and she made me feel heard and valued. And I'm so grateful for that because had I gone home that day and that had been my last experience, I, it would have really, it would have been a different, it just would have been a different experience and it would have been, it would have been much more, it would have been traumatizing. And so that's just a few anecdotes I have to share about my trans journey. Did you have any other questions that you had thought of? Well, you went and answered them all. I write them down <laughs> and then bang, there you go. Because that was going to be my, my, probably my final. I'm so question. sorry. No, no, it's great. It makes me feel so psychic. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that, yeah, I guess we could distill it down. As an ally, I do strive to to assure my friends in the LGBTQIA plus community that I do love them and I see them, and that they are safe with me. Mm -hmm. Is there? Would there be any other things that that and well, first off, that an ally could do, or that someone who is not an ally? Well, no asking somebody to flip their their attitude an, as, an aspiring ally maybe is that what you're referring that's, to that's that's a very hopeful term i like that term yeah so what, so what can we do to continue to support continue to support the queer community see us hear us love us support us it's really that simple i do suggest doing some what uh there's like i remember for some reason uh, i know why but it's not for some reason i remember exactly why i remember this video so well but it was like trans 101 and i think it was like a buzzfeed video on facebook okay. and i remember it so clearly because this one person i can't remember how they identify so i'll just say they had 
these beautiful amethyst earrings of course I was all over that and was like yeah I, that so I just remember that's what I remember most about it but I remember it was a very inf informational video in fact it was one of the first videos that helped me understand and realize that I am trans because I was like oh well I'm not trans because I don't do this or that no I am trans and I always have been oh that's what I was going to talk about with my childhood I, as a child, always identified with female characters. When I played with my little brother, we would play Star Wars. I would be Princess Leia. I'd wear my dad's big white t-shirts. I'd put a belt around my waist. I'd roll up some socks and make hair buns, put them over my ears. That's perfect. And it was, there's pictures of me that way too. There's some old, old photos of me. And then when I would play Pokemon with my brother, I would be Misty and he would be Ash. I loved Charmed. I always identified with feminine and female characters and, and figures and archetypes, always, always, always. When I was in kindergarten, I got in trouble for trying to go to the girls' room because I felt that I was a, a little girl. But I was told, you're not, you're a boy. You can't do this or that. You're a boy. At some point, I internalized that, tried to fit in. You can't fit in when you're meant to stand out. I certainly am meant to stand out. I always have been. I use, I called, I call the, the girl section and the toy aisle, the pink aisle. Mm -hmm. Always called it that since I was a child. I would not get to go down the pink aisle. I was not allowed to go down the pink aisle or to play with Barbies or to have these or th these toys or that. It was very that. And so I was so happy that I found Pokemon and Digimon and these things that are kind of unisex or gender neutral because yeah. my parents allowed me to do that. But there was so much that I missed out on. And I would lie and say I was going to play Pokemon with my neighbor and then I would play with Barbies with his sister. And I would be kin, but like we would just, there's no, there was no like kissing or any of that. Like we would just go to the mall together. And <laughs> I always knew is what I'm trying to say because I had somebody ask me the other day they said that their their child was questioning their gender identity what do I did I have to say about that when did when did I know that I was trans and I told her always for many years I didn't believe it because if you had told me six years ago that like when I first moved up here to be with my partner at the time partner that I would be trans I would think you were crazy it took me being in a loving environment to rediscover myself and to feel comfortable enough to express myself. That's what did it for me. And so I'm so forever grateful to my ex-partner, my roommate, my best friend for, for that. I, I thank him for that because he did provide me with that environment. You know, he told me that if I ever medically transitioned, we would have a problem. It ended up being a problem anyway. That's okay because everything has worked out beautifully. I'm not enjoying the single life. I hate these dating apps. And I will say that too. As a trans woman, I make these straight boys feel some kind of way because there are these men with girlfriends and wives and children hitting me up. And I'm like, no, no, sir. So that's been an interesting experience. The other two things that I always get is that they're either curious about me being a witch and they ask me how to cleanse their house or something, or they are looking for meth because my name is Crystal and I say I'm a Crystal oh, Healing dear Therapist. God. 
Yeah. So that's always fun. I have to inform them that that's not the kind of crystals I'm selling. Anyway, it's, I, I did, I did talk, I was talking to my friend Kim. I was talking to her the other day because I was having a not so good day. Because I was having some self-doubt, not about being trans, because I'm not confused about who I am, but I am confused about what I should do next in my, in my journey as a trans yeah. woman. Yeah. Should I medically transition or not? I don't know if I can or not. I may, the first doctor may have been right that my genetics and my heart health aren't compatible with hormone replacement therapy. I may find that out. And if that's the case, I'll have to accept this male body for what it is. I will have to love myself anyway, which is scary because it's all scary. Even transitioning is scary. It's a huge change, but I've had my trans friends tell me this too, that it is scary. It's a huge change, but they're happier than they've ever been. Yeah. And I even have a friend that's detransitioned. Her situation was a little different. She she transitioned to a man and then detransitioned. I won't share her story because that's her story to tell. It was a little different. It was there was a reason as to why she did that and then changed changed her mind. Love her. Shout out to her for helping me through some some self-doubt and some just dark feelings and thoughts that I was having the other night. Very grateful to her for that. Just grateful to all my friends and anyone. I've told a lot of people about this podcast and we'll be referring a lot of people to your podcast. So for those listening, hello, hi, I'm so happy you're here and listening. This is my amazing friend, Susie. And if you ever want to pass life reading or more, I don't know what else you offer, actually. Hit her up. Yeah, well, cool. Thank you. Oh my gosh. This is just so much more than I could have hoped for. I appreciate all <laughs> You are that... so welcome. Oh, yeah. Thank you so much, Crystal. I appreciate all that you have done and all that you've shared. I'm honored to be a part of the journey. If, if I can walk along with you on it, please. I'm, I'm... Oh, you can. You absolutely can. You have a front row seat. Cool. Good. Because I always have snacks. That's just, I can just go <laughs> on about that. But yeah, let's, um, if we can, please. So it feels to me that to be a better ally, as you ju- as you said, is to to love, to see, to hear, and to and be to present. educate and inform. To educate and inform. To be present for yes. those. Yeah, I mean, this is this is great. Thank you, thank you very no, of much. Of course, I've had so much fun. Yay! So let me get your information again, please, like mm-hmm. contact and stuff, and then we'll close out. Okay. Yeah, you can find me on Facebook at crystal art therapy. You can also go to my website, crystalarttherapy.com. I offer three services, Oracle card readings, which are $33 and 33 cents, crystal healing sessions, which are $111 and 11 cents, completely customized. We dissect your energy system, chakras, aura, meridians. It's personalized for each person. And consultation for that is free, by the way. None of my services are timed or charged by time. And then Spirit Art Commissions, which is when we work together in a co-creative process to discover which of your guides wishes to come through. I interpret that energy into the form of art and produce a portrait. And that is $77.77. And at the time of recording, these are my prices. So get in on while the getting's good (laughs) because I will be raising my prices at some point soon. Easiest to access me over Facebook. You can add me as a friend. I'm Crystal Rose. And like I said, I'll probably be the only one with a beard. Just hit me up and we'll schedule any of those services and whatever you're interested in. Also, like I thought about doing like a full package 
that would be $222.22. And that includes everything. That includes all three of my services. So I've kind of thought about that too. So that's something I'll say. You said it. I think it's going to be true. I think it needs to be true. Yeah. Well, thank you again, darling. I am so pleased we got this time. This has been This has been Susie Parker Goins at Blue Lightning Healing. And until next time, blessings.